It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. Hello and welcome to episode number 33 of the Feckin' Check-In. I am a trainer and with me as always is my co-host Toomey. How are you doing this morning to me uh, on a Saturday morning where it's raining and horrible outside? Yes, uh, my wife has ventured out in for a walk outside. Uh, my dad, as a pre-wedding gift, uh, got her uh, from head to toe basically in, in wet gear, as he'd call it. Uh, <laughs> waterproof jackets, waterproof pants, waterproof shoes. And his uh, his kind of way of selling the gift was... That you can go out and you can sneer at the rain. So <laughs> we'll see how she gets on. She, she's out there as we speak. But as you know, it's a horrible wet, a wet, a horrible wet. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? It's a terrible day out there. A sneer? Is she sneering at the rain? I don't think so. She didn't look like she was sneering on her way out. <laughs> um, so good luck to her. But uh, I am good. Yeah, Saturday morning. 33 you wanted to make a joke about that i did i thought it might come up naturally but um 30 like if i'm saying 30 33 i i'm not gonna be pronouncing those th's to be honest i'm gonna say 33 um and uh, i was on um did a guest spot on uncle steve's iron maiden zone there recently but before we um started recording the podcast he he brought it up to me and I, i've said this on my podcast but I, I didn't say who it was so there it is um but uh, he was like i know that sometimes you pronounce your th's and sometimes you don't and i was like uh yeah and thanks for that steve <laughs> <laughs> because I, i've been conscious about it now but i i it, it's not natural for me to say thir- 33 that's mental i don't know how to correct it sometimes i'm conscious of it and i'm trying to correct it but i don't know what i'm trying to do is this right 33 <laughs> yeah but that's sickening all right, this is how I normally say it, 33. Is that wrong? 30, 30. Well, 30 is wrong, yeah, because you're not saying 30. 30, 33. Yeah, that's definitely wrong. I mean, and I'd say the same. Like, but. It feels so natural to me. And the other way is 30. <laughs> it's like you're ma- Seems massaging out the, the, the words. <laughs> oh, yes. It's <laughs> the banter you get on the feckin' check-in <laughs> yes. after a six-week hiatus. Six-week hiatus, yeah. Do, do you know what? It's great to be back. I love it. It's It's, it's great. It is great to be back. Talking about heavy metal is great, and I love it. But um, it's and and the guests are really enjoyable. But it's it's not the same, you know, level of tomfoolery that you get. On the, yeah, that's it. Like feckin' check-in. Okay, so this is the feckin' oh. check-in. Do you want to do your little intro bit there? <laughs> this is the feckin' check-in. This is the show about funny observations, entertainment, culture, and kernels of truth. Together, that means feck. I always get confused that bit. Uh, kind of disrupts me from my rhythm. But that together, that means FEC. It makes FEC. It's an acronym. Uh, shoehorn into an acronym. And we go through those different segments. <laughs> in different segments. <laughs> and I'm out of practice and this is awful. But fuck it. Feck it. It's a feck it check-in. We're back in the saddle. And trainer, will you... Lead us out on your entertainment segment of the month. Because we're doing it as a monthly show now. Of the month, yeah, of the month. Uh, so, we, yeah, we, we mentioned, rather than just looking at some film or, you know, 
TV show or, or a podcast even, we decided we would talk about our own podcasts. We've done this before. and um, this, is, is, this is not going to be a monthly feature, but it's been so long since we've done a feckin' check-in and a lot has happened. So uh, we're going to talk about our individual podcasts, feckin' metal and feckin' football, in a way probably that we wouldn't talk about them on those podcasts themselves. Them, them, them. Yes, because when I'm on Feckin' Football, I'm always like, yes, welcome to the Feckin' Football show, and thank you for this, and blah, 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 and this is great, and things are fantastic. Yeah. Now I can uh, say what I really think. <laughs> I hate football. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the other thing in this discussion, we wanted to update the listener on our reflections on the Goose model. Uh, when we were doing our earlier escapades in podcasting, including the Feckin' Check-In, we thought that the way to get popular would be to have a really uh, well-known guest on a particular week, and then we would retain the fan base from that week. The people who'd come to us that week, uh, they would stay with us the following weeks. And we called the guests who would come on those particular weeks Golden Geese. And then we referred to that model of, of attracting listeners as the Golden Goose model. And I think we both had some reflections on the Golden Goose model in the course of doing feckin' metal and uh, feckin' football. So I'll put it over to you, trainer. Uh, what are your reflections? On, you've had a lot of guests on uh, feckin' metal. What are your reflections on the geese and the golden goose model? <laughs> yeah, so um, I said to you off air, but this is a good conversation that uh, bears repeating. Um, that uh, I think our first ever guest was Tony Kelly, the Irish wrestling commentator and uh, actor and, 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 and podcast host as well. And... Um, my recent guest on, on Feckin' Metal was Blaze Bailey, who's a huge hero of mine, and I've been listening to his music for 18, 19 years, and afterwards, a lot of people contacted me, he's like, oh, you must have been so excited, it must have been brilliant, and uh, blah, 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 and, and I was nervous beforehand, just because more than any other guest, I've been listening to him, his music the longest, like, much longer than the likes of Visigoth or Haunt or whatever, and um, so I was a bit nervous, but afterwards, I was just kind of like, right, that's done, it's in the bag, I'll edit that. Um, or whatever and like I was more excited back in the feckin' check-in last year when we had Tony Kelly on <laughs> than, than, yeah. than I was because because of this uh, concept of the goose model where we thought if we get somebody that's well known they'll share it on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and we'll be millionaires this time next year Rodney um, but uh, of course we genuinely thought that having Tony Kelly on would make us superstars yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah exactly and um and it's uh, it's it's funny because my my attitude has changed so much, and it, it, I think even in the last few last month or two it, it's changed so much. Whereas like I've done solo shows and there is no goose, it's it's me, and I'm looking at the download figures and going ah that's actually done fairly well for a, for a solo show. And then you're looking at the blaze numbers, you're like okay that's doing whatever it's doing. Um, I I don't care actually as much now as as I used to. Uh, it'll it'll get whatever it gets, and it's not going to make or break the podcast and. I, I, that's why I kind of included a, a, a decent intro to the episode where I wasn't talking about Blaze Bailey, where I was talking about other things and trying to make some in-jokes at the start and during the episode as well for people who regularly listen and people who I communicate with a lot on Twitter. Um, that's more important to me now than this golden goose which is going to make my podcast the most popular podcast ever, basically. Yeah, it's interesting with Feck and Metal that it started off as a more of a guest-focused podcast and then as if you went on you've done more and more solo segments at the start and some solo episodes and i think that's given more of a like continuation from week to week um so that's for me looking on the outside that's a big step forward because sometimes we didn't have that in the feckin check-in it was kind of different each week yeah exactly yeah and um 
I, uh, I, I've enjoyed doing the solo ones, but th- th- I suppose the reason for the lack of guests is also because I burned through so many guests uh, early on. As in, like, I, I had a list written out, and I was like, right, I'm going to contact all these people, and I did, and they all said yes, basically, and uh, burned through them all really quickly. So I was like, right, right now um, I kind of have to do some solo stuff. But it's been a, a good experience having to research things like I did with the, the John Schaefer I Start episode, having to research stuff and put stuff together and make sure you have all your quotes and your <clears throat> dates and times and whatever uh, in front of you. So I've actually enjoyed that experience because the lack of guests, and like I do have kind of some people lined up, but they haven't definitely confirmed the date. But the lack of guests makes you more creative. I think so, yeah. It helps you develop your skills in a different way. I haven't had any golden geese really on peckin football and i haven't found myself wanting to seek out the geese too much i'm kind of maybe getting to that stage now where i'm thinking of i could ask this person or that person uh but i've really enjoyed having my friends on like ross ambra and uh, dara agnew especially ross has been on a few times and he's just brilliant to chat about football so i'm just really happy about that like and for me it's much more important i'm more focusing on enjoying it um, more so, I think feckin checking, the feckin checking. Sorry, uh, I think we were both got into the mindset of it has to grow and it has to get popular. I I know I was very much pushing that, um, because it, maybe there was a sense of aimlessness about it, like that there wasn't any sense of momentum. It was like different topics all the time. I was just maybe that's why we focus so much on we have to get geese in to make it grow. And maybe we're learning as well. I don't I don't know. That's it. Yeah, and. Uh, like we've actually got a good few new followers recently in in the low period where we didn't release any episodes so um yeah it, it it just took a while i suppose to build it up and we were panicking at the start <laughs> we were like trying everything throwing like as people say throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks um and i think what stuck really is us chatting back and forth to each other that's the best part of it in my in my opinion um and and from feedback i've got from other people so uh, you can get all the you know, Andreas Antonopoulos is, 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 is in the world, but uh, I, I don't know, something to finish that sentence. <laughs> uh, that's the classic when you, you break down mid-sentence, it happens to me all the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's good. I'm uh, With feckin' football, I'm sort of at the stage where I'm, I'm throwing paint with it as well. I'm just enjoying not having a set structure or um, like, I'm just sort of experimenting with different things and um to be honest, I don't have a lot of time during the week, so it's suiting me just to do a 20-minute episode and just I just write down a few points and then I could just talk about them. Or else I might have Ross on or someone or Agnew or, and I, I, I just uh, chat to them and it's just really easy. I'm enjoying that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. The kind of comfort and ease of it. That's the E done. There you go for E. Okay. Uh, so F, F being for funny, funny observations. Um, to me, do you, do you? There's always pressure with that, isn't there? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Because you feel like it, it should be stand-up comedy. Um, yeah. When I was about 18 or in my teens, 
I was deliberately trying to be funny all the time. So I would go out for a night out and I would deliberately try to be funny. And then I think I realized in my early 20s that I'm actually not that funny. I decided myself (laughs) I'm not that funny. I just looked around and I thought there's people funnier than me and I'm not that funny and I don't have to be funny. Right. And I I just noticed myself being more serious. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not making as many jokes as I used to. And I don't have a tendency to make jokes. I don't, I'm not like, so I can be funny, I think, but I took off the pressure for myself to be funny. That's very interesting. Um, You you were striking a chord with me there when you first started saying that. Uh, I do feel like I have to be funny. (laughs) And uh, if if anyone's listened to fucking metal, like I'm not funny on that. (laughs) That, Quite serious on that. But like when you're in conversation or general banter, uh, I kind of I don't, I never abandoned that pressure that I put on myself to try and make jokes. I that's how I survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was just thinking that we had a Zoom call with the lads last night, and I would be kind of spotting little gaps, trying to throw in a, a one liner or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So you just decided to stop doing that. <laughs> well, I just noticed myself not being funny most of the time. <laughs> So, so I had this idea in my head that I was funny and then I realized, no, I'm not funny 90% of the time. And the times I do throw in jokes actually is with the lads. I sort of go back to the, the teenage me a bit. But sometimes I think about it afterwards and I go, I was actually being a bit bantery or jabbing at somebody with jokes. And sometimes I think afterwards, like, what was I saying that for? Right. Yeah. So like in, in work, you're not the funny person. No, no, I'm not funny at all. <laughs> really? That's mad. Because I, no. I think you're very funny. Um, like I said, like I said in your, uh, in your wedding speech. Um, but uh, all right, okay, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, because in school you would have definitely been one of the funny, funnier people. Or back when we were, um, back in like 14, 15 years old. Um, like Toomey's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go, listener <laughs> and trainer. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so back to funny observations for the month of January, uh, and this will prove to you how unfunny I am, uh, <laughs> is, this is my funny observation. Sleeping on the weekends is now a treat. No, that's wrong. It's, it's the opposite. <laughs> no, it's getting up early on the weekends is a treat. So myself and my wife have started getting up at eight o'clock or nine o'clock on the weekends. And if we don't get up that late, we feel like the day is gone and our whole routines are out of sync and it ruins our whole weekend if we don't get up at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> and when you stand back and you're like, geez, we're old. We're old coots now. <laughs> coots. Uh, okay, that that is funny. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the reassurance. <laughs> funny how? Funny like a clown? Um, okay, 8 a.m. Yeah, I wouldn't get up at 8 a.m. now, but... Uh, if I'm not up by nine, I'd be pretty disappointed in myself as well. Yeah, um, it's it's this it's the thing of um, well, I work Monday to Friday, blah blah blah. So I'm gonna make use of the weekend and I'm gonna make take advantage yeah. of it. And yeah, you you feel like you should be up like even if I'm up but I'm listening to a podcast or something, I feel like that's more productive than just lying there. Uh, as as they said in did you, did you ever read that book? Actually, it was popular maybe 15, 20 years ago. Tuesdays with Mari. No. It was a book about a guy who was dying of cancer and um, his old student, he was a lecturer, his old student reconnected with him and 
reconnected with him in his final days uh, that sounds very somber and serious and it is but um there was a good line in it and uh, your man basically hardly ever slept even though he's dying of cancer because he said when you're in bed you're dead uh, was his was his philosophy and it's, it's it's not far from being wrong like it's you're just sleeping and doing very little well monday to friday is such a prison with work and it's such a grind that if you wake up at 12 o'clock on a saturday which we used to do in our early 20s all the time but if you do that now you feel like my free time outside of the prison has been decreased and i haven't made the most of it like my free time on the prison yard I should have been out in it, getting the most of this freedom. Yeah, yeah, true, and I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, um, back in, when I was in my twenties and in my t- late teens, I, I would sometimes sleep till two or three in the afternoon on on a, a weekend day, or let's say if, like during college, whatever. But I'd, I'd stay up till all hours of the night as well. Um, I remember like when when I got my first laptop, I think it was about two thousand and eight, and I would be sa- staying up reading bullshit on on the internet or like watching videos youtube youtube would have been a thing back then as well or or downloading films or whatever and yeah you'd be staying up to like three or four a.m sleeping all day and it was just mad yeah and i guess at, at that time we lived for the night time as well we lived for the nights out and they were very frequent and the the whole weekend was based around the night out like going out preparing for the night out having the night out and then recovering from the night out and somehow you'd be okay to go back to work on the Monday. You'd be fine. That's it. Like that—that that was the package deal. Um, let's say you went out on Friday. You'd be like, prepare for it. Go out Friday. Be hungover Saturday, kind of, or maybe let's say S- Saturday was the night out. Like Friday, you'd be anticipating it. Saturday, you go out, get extremely drunk. Uh, Sunday, you'd be extremely hungover, and then Monday, you go back to work. Yeah, a bit fuzzy on the head on Monday. Uh, you get it out of your system, and then have a good Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in terms of health. And then Friday, like, oh. take the foot off the... Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it's different. It's just getting old. So that's the kind of thing I've noticed. Like, uh, But I have to say, there's a joy in getting up really early. It's like, yes, I have so much time now. I don't have to do X, Y, and Z. If I exercise today, it only takes up an hour, and I can have that done by 10 o'clock in the morning. And now I can go out and do whatever I want. Yeah. And do you find you're productive when you do get up at 8 a.m.? Uh in terms of like just doing doing things that you want to do like do you do you, yes do you find yeah you are yeah i feel like it sets the rhythm i'm actually much more productive than if i got up at 12 like if i got up at 12 i'm much more unlikely or sorry i'm much less likely to do stuff because i'm like oh, i've wasted the day so then i'll sit in a stupor <laughs> and not do anything you're kind of chasing the day if you get up at 12 really, aren't you yeah you're chasing it well it's gone you can't there's no point it's in chasing it. yeah it's gone I can't see it anymore. Very good. Uh, you're you're also saying before we started recording that um, another observation from January is that there's just nothing to do because it's uh, lockdown month nine hundred and fifty six. And we had a Zoom call last night with the lads, and just a, a general observation is that Zoom calls seem to be less frequent in general for people. I think people have got kind of fatigued with them or whatever. Everybody. I think I think people were a bit too negative about it. Zoom fatigue. Oh, I hate Zoom. Yeah, I was always like, it's not that bad. No, I, I actually quite enjoy it. And people turned heel on Zoom uh, on the internet, <laughs> and they turned heel on Zoom quizzes as well. I remember like Zoom quizzes were like the big thing, and um, everyone was like, oh, God forbid I'd ever have to do a Zoom quiz again, or all these memes on the internet. And I was like, actually, I really enjoyed doing Zoom quizzes, and it seemed like to be the, the popular thing to say is like, oh, Zoom quizzes are shit. I hate them. <laughs> like, I yeah. they're they really enjoyable and good fun. We actually did 
Zoom quizzes about our group of friends where we'd all come up with a list of questions about things that happened in our childhood. Yeah. And they were great fun. They were excellent. I loved those. They were brilliant. And and I, I like it was so funny because it reminded everybody of stuff that had happened and a lot of people had forgotten about and everyone's own unique perspective and take on uh, the episode or the, not the episode whatever the, the quiz where, where they wrote the question not everything is a podcast the quiz where they wrote the questions was like Jesus I forgot completely forgot about that um, so that was that was brilliant yeah so people aren't doing stuff like quizzes they aren't doing um, Zoom calls as much and then you're just left with this weekend it's almost like oh shit it's the weekend <laughs> what am I, I going to do <laughs> oh yeah I think people's creativity has taken a blow um in this recent lockdown because it's like oh this shit again um so yeah people aren't being as like productive creative like oh let's like for example we haven't done one of those quizzes in, in a long time um, and there's probably more we could do like uh, but it's i think people have could become jaded with the concept of, of coming up with shit to do basically i think so and i think i have realized that the simple things actually are counting so much more like for example, cooking something new on a Saturday is actually making your whole Saturday, like preparing the ingredients and following the recipe and then eating it. Like something like that, uh, you just feel great about it. Whereas back like a year or two ago, that might be just one component of your weekend. But now it's like everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, like I mentioned on the call last night, I've just been going for walks, walks around Dublin. Um, and it's... It's one of the only things you can do, but it, like it, it takes up like two or three hours, like big lengthy kind of you know uh, walks around the place, and uh, it's like it's actually a highlight of my weekend now, just going for a walk. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's it's hard to know if this is a good thing or a bad thing because there is you. It, we're learning that you can get joy from doing really simple things. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say it's a good thing. Uh, have you? I was intrigued there. Have you cooked anything interesting there recently? Well, to be honest, it was Liz, my wife. All right. <laughs> I cook, I cook uh, kind of stir fries all the time, and I just deviate a bit from that. But I was helping her with, with the cooking. We were working on it all day. It was actually a vegan beef wellington. Oh, yes. Have you ever had that? I've, well, I've had beef wellington, um, but that sounds fantastic. I'm doing a, a vegan month at the moment, as you know. Uh, I could send you on a recipe for it. Oh, um, what constitutes the middle bit where the beef would be? It's tofu, I think. But cooked really nicely and it has butternut squash in there. And oh, it, it, you'd really, really like it. It's okay. um, but it, I, it's one of the nicest meals I've had in years, to be honest. Okay, I, I, have, a, I have a bit of a mental block against tofu, but um, I used to cook it for Grace, like she was a vegan, but I never ate it. But it, so I'd cook it for her and give it to her but i'd never actually eat it it was just a it's the consistency of it that it never really got into yeah but she did some sort of you know what it mightn't have been tofu it might have been corn pieces that's what it was have you ever had them corn oh corn pieces yeah i mean sure you get them in the freezer basically is tofu it's it's soy based um stuff but yeah yeah i know the ones you mean yeah but uh, yeah, it was absolutely delicious. And a beef Wellington is just really satisfying if you have like the normal one with beef in it. But when you have the vegan one, it's really satisfying. But it's just that much, much more lighter. Yeah, I know which, what you mean. Yeah, so you don't feel bloated after as much. I actually made um, uh, uh, beef and ale pie with Elaine there a few weeks ago, and like made the pastry, made the filling, like you were saying, put all the ingredients together, and put it in the oven, and it came out, and it was just this beauty of a of a 
big pie. <laughs> I was so satisfied with it. I was like, this is fantastic. Like, I, I'm a sucker for anything in pastry. And um, we made the short crust. So we made the short crust pastry, pastry, which was the bottom. But uh, bought um, the uh, flaky pastry for the top. But it was just turned out so well. I was like, uh, this is fantastic. This is brilliant. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it was so nice. So nice. Yeah. Uh, we might be seeing a return of the feckin' chef. Is that what you call it? <laughs> oh, God. No. The, the, what was it called? The drinking chef. The drinking chef. The drinking yeah. chef, yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't bake, I couldn't bake a pie while drinking a shot of Guinness every minute. That would be horrendous. <laughs> Is that still online, by the way? Drinking chef. It was never online. So it wasn't captured properly. Um, I didn't realize. It was just a live stream. It was a live. If you, if you, didn't, if you didn't see it, you'll never see it. But... Uh, I, I didn't realize that you could set Twitch to record, so I did that whole thing, and it wasn't captured. But Nesbitt actually captured a few bits of it um, and sent them on. So there's a few small clips of me doing the drinking, I think, Chef. I think we'll have to bring back the drinking, Chef, at some stage. I think maybe, yeah. Speaking about lack of creativity of, of things at the weekend, the drinking, Chef, could make a return. Uh, I just have to decide what I was going to make. Let's go for the drinking, Chef, and... The feckin' metal listeners will, maybe the newer ones won't have heard what this is. So this is Trainer would drink a shot of Guinness every minute during when he was uh, cooking uh, something, basically. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I have, my, my speciality is fried beef burritos. So I make a, a, a minced beef curry with veg and beef in it um, and then and cans of tomatoes and stuff. And I, I make the curry out of that and then I wrap it in a, in a tortilla wrap and then I fry that off in the pan. So I was doing this while drinking a shot of Guinness every sixty seconds, um, and I it was, was quite funny. I was, you were getting more and more drunk, definitely, <laughs> yeah, as it yeah. went on. Because, and then, like, I, when I when I missed a shot, I would compensate by having two shots, uh, and I was pissed as a fart at the end. But it was, <laughs> it was, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you had the camera angles quite good, just on your phone. It was really good. It was actually on my laptop, but um, yeah, I, I had the laptop pointed strategically so you could see everything you could see the entire kitchen uh and uh, yeah it was, it was actually deadly i really enjoyed that i'm just thinking i have like a tripod and everything yeah from the wedding oh yeah give you a lens sometime that might <laughs> do like a really professional <laughs> drinking chef yeah but like lighting green screens yeah and stuff. drink uh fucking dom perignon So C, C is for culture. Uh, so Toomey, you had a few points here about culture. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, um, w- with culture, I was thinking we could uh, look at January as a whole and um, see what has been going on. And obviously Donald Trump left, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Would, would that be right? Is that the right timing? Uh, more or less, yeah. I think so, yeah. About three, three weeks ago? Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it was in January anyway. But I'm amazed how much he's disappeared like a fart in the wind now. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. He's yeah. But no tweets, no nothing. I'm sure he was banned from all the social media platforms though. So uh, there, there's that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it is funny. He, you wonder how he is mentally. <laughs> How's his mental health? <laughs> Seriously, like actually, uh, it's it, like, imagine the fall from grace of that. Like where you're the most important and most talked about person in the world. And then the next day you're not. Um, 
and you just don't have the platform to talk to everybody like you used to. I'm not. I don't. Like I, I I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes. Like I, I don't really like him or agree with him or anything like that. But um, I wonder how like that has affected him. Mm, well, I suppose as well for somebody who thinks the world revolves around him, to yeah, to be all when it did actually revolve around him, he got everything he wanted. Yeah. Um, and then for that all of that to be taken away, and even his wife in some of the shots of them getting off planes and stuff, she was like walking ahead of him and stuff. Well, yeah, Jesus, yeah. I mean, like, I'd say he's a wrecked ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, could you be putting up with that every day? No way. No chance in hell. And he's going to be impeached, probably. And he, a lot of his businesses are not doing too well, as far as I know. Or they, they never have really done too well. Yeah, but when you read articles about that type of stuff, it's like he's actually massively in debt for hundreds of millions of dollars, but like he's a successful entrepreneur. It's such a contradiction. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I suppose it's like a country like where their gross domestic product is very high, but they are actually trillions in debt as well. Like it's it's just one of those things like it's, like some businesses just don't make any money and never will, but are valued very highly. Like WhatsApp, for example, has never made any money, but it, it's valued in the billions, I think. Um, because of the potential of it, if they ever monetized it, but they probably never will. Um, it's funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wonder what he'll do. Like, I, I reckon he'll, he'll write a book or something. Uh, he'll definitely get a TV show out of it. Definitely. Um, go back to the Apprentice. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's mad. Yeah, you're right. He's just disappeared now, and he's gone. Um, and that's it. Ch- chapter closed. Yeah, and and without without making it too political, like Biden has seemed to settle in quite well, and he seems just like a complete adult. Whether like this isn't a political show, but like he, uh, he just seems so much more competent and like an adult, not saying all these crazy things. He seems to have very sensible policies so far. Um, it's yeah. just like oh, this is what politics is supposed to. Be. Yeah, exactly. That the fucking dog and pony show for four years. <laughs> now it's kind of like, <laughs> it's gone. Season finale done. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should probably touch on COVID nineteen. <laughs> What's that now? COVID-19. It's a joke. Uh, oh. Yes. Yes. The coronavirus. Um, coronavirus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I suppose we have talked about it really talking about having to come up with activities and all that type of stuff. But it seems like it's here for the long haul. I have been told in work to expect not to return to the office till September or October. This keeps getting pushed out. Um so the company I work for is also renovating its head office, but I think that's going to be done before then. But um, I think the the goal more so is that they are um, waiting for everybody to be vaccinated. And to me, it's mental to think that uh, by October, I still might not be back in the office, which would be over a year and a half of working from home, which is wow. when you look at that, like I, I remember back a couple of years ago thinking, wouldn't it be great to be able to work at home just a day a week? <laughs> just one day a week or two days or maybe like an ad hoc day here and there no one could have ever foreseen this like um a year 18 19 months working at home yeah it's, a, it's such a long long stint and i guess when you don't have things to go out to as well it just it's getting tough on people i know a lot of people are are saying that you have this mental date in your head where you're like all right things will be back to normal by june and then it goes oh no september yeah no that probably won't probably be the end of the year and then people start saying, "We'll be back to normal till 2022," and it just it it just keeps being pushed out. Because I think people, a few people were anyway, were clinging on to like, "Well, I might get a summer holiday this yeah, year." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's not looking likely at all. Like I, I have yeah. supposed to be going to Poland in June. There's, there's no chance that's going to happen. Um, 
and it was funny it's it's, it's for an Iron Maiden concert and it was um it was something I bought last year because I was like well by June it will definitely be sorted <laughs> um, and like it was like no <laughs> yeah yeah so that's COVID-19 did you have anything on COVID-19 because I have other cultural topic uh to bring up as well not really anything else no um I, I did get a, a coronavirus test um, because I went to visit my parents at Christmas. Oh, yes. Both of whom would, would be vulnerable. And I said, I, I'm, I'm more hesitant now to go out and visit them because of this, obviously. And, and, and actually, they're also outside the 5K. But um, I, uh, yeah, I got a COVID test. I should, probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, no, you were allowed to visit your family at Christmas, weren't you? Yes, you were. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you were. So yes, I was were. acting within the law. Um, I got a test. Very, very unpleasant, I thought. Um, you know, uh, uh, one of those things that you put in your ear, but that you're not supposed to. What are they called? Cotton swabs. Um, up the nose, up both nostrils. Uh, feels like it's going in there for ages, and then they stick it in even further. <laughs> and I like, I'm, my face was streaming with with tears afterwards. Just it, it just re- that's how my that's how it reacted. My bleh, that's how I reacted. It's just like tears started coming out of my eyes, uh, not from pain or anything, but they obviously jabbed at something in there that caused the tear ducts to open and uh, I, uh, yeah, I thought, felt it was very unpleasant but it was all done and dusted within 24 hours and obviously it was negative um, so yeah there I had one as well and I had the same experience in terms of time getting it done and getting the results and I also had the same experience of it being very uncomfortable sticking that thing up your nose basically into your brain <laughs> it feels like and then the thing down your throat as well oh, I, did, I didn't get the one down the throat so they just did it up two nostrils and your one the, the nurse or doctor or person who was doing it uh said it's just like snorting chili and i went well i've never snorted chili (laughs) has anyone (laughs) has anyone snorted chili (laughs) yeah it certainly wasn't it's uh it was just a weird weird experience one that i i hope i'll never have to do again (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't want to put people off though because if you have to go for a COVID test, like it's only five seconds or, or so of each of those things oh, yes. where you just go. This is five seconds of discomfort. Doesn't hurt. It's just it's touching on nerves or something. Yeah, it's, it's unpleasant. So yeah, that's it basically. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, that's all on that. Yeah, for me anyway. Very good. And then the other thing that just came up this week was GameStop, the stock thing. And I, when I first saw this, I thought, oh, just something to do with stocks. But then the more I read about it, I thought this is actually really, really interesting. Um, I don't think we need to explain to the listener what this is because it's been such a, a kind of a top news story. But basically... I think we should, Jimmy. I think we should, should mansplain. We? Should mansplain it to the listener? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. I, it, Do you know what stocks are, it, right? It, it's out there. It's out there. I don't, I don't know if we need it. I'm sure everyone has seen that graphic, which is like, this is the simplest explanation I've seen for what happened with GameStop. Yeah, yeah, that's been going around uh, WhatsApp. and uh, But it's the first time the internet, or Reddit specifically, the website, has gotten together en masse and decided to manipulate the market in a certain way. Yeah, I think that's that's astounding, I think, <laughs> that this is starting to happen. Astoundingly powerful, actually. Um, yes. The power of the people. Yeah, because... It really, this episode really revealed how much market manipulation goes on by hedge funds and billionaires and corporations and etc. Like they kind of, that manipulation is actually legal and normal. But for, yeah. for the masses, like hundreds, maybe millions of people around the world, like deciding, right, we're actually going to 
screw over the rich. Us people who have pretty much nothing, the 99%, we're going to band together and we're going to deliberately put the price up because we know the billionaires wanted to go down. We're going to put it up and screw them. It's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's almost a hint of a revolution about it. Yeah, yeah. And like, I won't pretend to know a load about stocks. Um, I did watch the film The Big Short and thought it was good, but found it hard to follow um, and Googled stuff afterwards to kind of educate myself. Uh, but yeah, it, it just shows how a groundswell movement can take place and that there is such power in numbers. Yeah, decentralization. And, and the thing is, you, you can't really shut it down. Because if you close down the Reddit website, they'll just all go to a different website. Fed it. Fed it, yeah. Um, but did you see that the some of the stock uh, brokers closed down their website after a while? Because there was too much pressure on the price going up. Right, no, I didn't. Um, I did see that I th- one of the hedge funds went bankrupt, basically, though, as well, didn't it? I didn't hear that, well, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Could be wrong, I don't know. Um, let's pretend it isn't wrong. Yeah, went bankrupt. Yeah, <laughs> went completely bankrupt. Yeah, it was ast- astounding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know what will happen with GameStop specifically, but I think this could be a turning point where this could happen with lots of stocks. Like, all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting, yeah. Watch this space on Groundswell Reddit stock. Yeah, and then I was thinking, why why has it not happened before where you can get just millions of people together using the internet and just say, fuck it, we're going to manipulate this and we're all going to buy in and we're going to make loads of money and why don't we're just going to do this again and again and then Wall Street might actually collapse as a result if this was to become really prevalent. Yeah, is Reddit the new Wall Street? <laughs> Maybe. Wall Street Bets is the subreddit, by the way, if anyone's interested in. There's basically this subreddit where, where they select stocks that they think the the community should all invest in. Uh, they've chosen out, they've chosen GameStop, but also AMC, the cinemas, uh, Nokia, as well. Nokia, Nokia, yeah, and uh, what are BlackBerry. No- what are Nokia and geez, and BlackBerry? What are Nokia and BlackBerry up to these days? They don't do they make phones anymore. Nokia, Nokia uh, went pretty much towards bankruptcy like i don't think they have any high-end phones as far as i know they still maybe have those burners the 32 tens oh yeah yeah burners (laughs) yeah i have four or five of those yeah it's a joke (laughs) i do not have four or five burners yes well uh i do (laughs) i no i don't no what i mean is (laughs) i've used burners at different times in work that's what I mean. <laughs> Sounded really dodgy. <laughs> yes. What you do for a living. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Very good. Yep. Yeah, culture. Okay. Um, very good. Culture. Culture in the bag. In the bag. So this may get ranty and emotional, um, but the K is for a kernel of truth. And my kernel of truth this week or this month relates to uh, renting an apartment in Dublin or I suppose anywhere in the world, really. Um, So back a few years ago, they brought in legislation in Ireland where they determined 
particular parts of the country to be rent pressure zones. So these were based on statistics statistics that they had about rents just going up and up and up and there's there was no control over it at all. So basically now if you're living in a rent pressure zone which pretty much covers all of Dublin I think and, and other areas around the country your rent can only go up by a maximum of 4% per year. Uh, so I have been living in this apartment for nearly five years now, moved in in 2016. Uh, I was exempt from an increase in 2017 because it couldn't go up in the first two years. But then in 2018, 2019, 2020, and now in 2021, it's gone up 4% each time. Man. Um, at a simple interest rate, that is a, an increase of 16%. But once compounded, it's, I think, over 18%. And close to 20%, actually, I think. And you're looking at it going... If it were any other service or product, I would simply refuse to pay for this. Um, I would switch. If it were an electricity provider, for example, or Sky or something like that, you'd be like, oh, I'm not paying an extra 4% every year. That's ridiculous. But with housing, you don't really have that luxury. And the letting agency that owns, that runs, sorry, um, the, sorry, the letting agency who manages my apartment is perfectly within their right, perfectly within the law to keep putting it up 4%. But my kernel of truth is just because you can doesn't mean you should and i was at this year i was just like no like stop it <laughs> like if you're doing it just stop it and like i was we, we we discussed this last night on the on our zoom chat with the lads and one of the lads was just like but why they don't have to it's an investment property and he's making all these logical points and i couldn't fault the logic but at the same time i was like but on a human level I feel like I've been squeezed. Like it's gone up the maximum possible amount at every available opportunity where it could go up every single year. And it's like, when is this going to stop? Is it just going to keep going up four percent forever? That's not sustainable. It's. I was just fed up of it, so I, I was arguing with my letting agent for a long time, and and they wouldn't back down. They completely wouldn't back down. Wouldn't budge. And I eventually had to agree to it. But I know there's other people far worse off, and who probably can't afford it. Whatever. But like. I think in general, like in Ireland, people need to make a stand about the ridiculous rent and housing prices. And I actually said this to the letting agency. I was like, I know you're perfectly, it's perfectly legally permissible for you to do this, but it doesn't mean that you should do it. Please help to stop the massively inflated rental market in Dublin. And just, I, I request that you give me a break this year and you don't put it up. And they, they, they refuse flat out. Oh, sorry, and one other thing I wanted to say as well before you add your input there is that they kept referencing the fact that my apartment is below market value rent, so I'm getting a very good deal. And I said to them that the market value is massively inflated, so I feel that comparison is redundant because lots of properties around me, the landlords and letting agencies, clearly have not been adhering to the 4% increase because they're hundreds of euro more expensive per month than mine and back in 2016 when i moved in here everything was relatively the same so it doesn't make sense logically that apartments surrounding me have been adhering to this four percent increase they couldn't have done because if they were the rent would be similar to mine um, so i was saying the market value is inflated ridiculously by people who weren't adhering to these policies so i don't think a comparison to market value is a fair comparison here because the market value there is there is no value in the market it's massively inflated yeah, I agree with that. Definitely that reason for that being an unfair point. And then also the current market value doesn't have relevance to somebody who moved into an apartment five years ago. Was it five years ago? Five, well, it was it was the 20, I think it was the 29th of February uh, 2016. 
2016. So roughly, we'll say five years. Um, yeah, so like, what was the market value back then? I'm sure you moved in at the market value when you moved in. So somebody living somewhere in who's lived somewhere, sorry, for five years, it doesn't matter what the market value is now because that's not no longer relevant to you when you moved in. So exactly. So, and, uh, when I moved relevant in, information. when I moved in, I moved in at the market value. So how is it my fault that the market value is whatever it is now? Like, it, it's not my fault. And like, you might, people might be listening to this going, tough shit, you have to pay the increase. They're perfectly allowed to put it up. But I was like, I, I just, I can't think that coldly and clinically about things. Like, it's, I maybe I wouldn't make a very good business person, but I, I know other people who live in apartments near me and, their landlords just aren't putting up the rent because they're a good tenant and they pay the rent on time. They keep the place nicely and whatever. And I know, like, I know an investment property is is something that is supposed to make money, right? But like, it's like, I, I don't know. It, like, and people can argue this, and you're perfectly entitled to do so. But I just, I don't think you should put it up by the maximum amount every possible chance you have, just because you can. And doesn't it mean that it's un- unsustainable? to stay in that apartment for let's say 10 years or 20 years because if you said it's around 20 percent including compound interest over five years then over 10 years that's going to be 40 percent if not more it might be 50 percent when you add in compound interest again and then let's say if you want to say like 15 years in an apartment as people might as people should have the option to do really yeah (laughs) like you don't have to buy a house you should have the option to be able to stay somewhere for 15 years 20 years if you have a good relationship with your landlord or if it's just there to be rented but with this increase of four percent every year and that compounding that actually makes it completely impossible you're gonna like if you stay there over the long term your rent is gonna like at least double it's like a pyramid scheme eventually there wouldn't be enough money in the world (laughs) for the rent to keep going up like that i know that's an exaggeration but um yeah i don't know and like then the the letting agent got back to me and she was like um it's there it's been discussed at government level that there may be a rent freeze uh at some point and i was like right so you won't put it up because you can't right that's great but like that doesn't benefit me now here and then your one actually came back to me and said it'll take years for the landlord to get this to market value because of the rent pressure zone rules. I was like, but that's the law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor landlord. Poor landlord. Exactly. And she's like, this has been very tough on landlords. Uh, they're not able to just increase the rent 100 euro now uh, annually to get it up to market value. And I was like, this this race to market value. Like, if everyone is racing towards market value, market value will just keep going up and up and up and up and up. And I don't know, like that mindset, I just... The mindset that that they're entitled to profit and they're entitled to increasing profit all the time just because other people are are profiting. Yes, like this is housing. This is an emotional thing. Like it's it's human. Like I thought. I think I, I heard a stat on David McWilliams' podcast, uh, economics podcast, uh, that I think it was like fifty four percent of Irish people from the age of eighteen to thirty four are living at home with their parents um, because wow. they can't afford the rent. Wow. Like if you uh, if you are eighteen or nineteen or twenty. And you go and you go into one of these places that has four percent increase, which is the best case scenario, by the way, because there's other massive increases going on everywhere. Um, but you're not going to be able to save if you're an average person. You're not going to be able to save by the time you're thirty to buy a house. Yeah. So you're stuck in this this loop of like renting and and paying more rent all the time, having less savings. And you're right, it's unsustainable over the long term. And like maybe the economy will shift and things will get better and that probably will happen i mean it's happened before in, in our lives but uh yeah it's i don't know i just like the fact that they, they wouldn't budge 
And I really felt like I was dealing with um, a corporation that was solely obsessed with making money. And I know that's what commerce is. I'm not stupid. Like, but it's when you're when you're faced with that cold hard reality that money is the goal, and no logic and no plea is ever going to change that. It it's just it, it's a harsh reality, isn't it? That the system is unfair. It's like. If you took a hundred individuals who were your landlord, just on average, like what percentage of them would you expect to do the right thing if the law allows them and if it's kind of normalized to keep raising the rent, if you know what I mean? Like I would assume some people would do the right thing, but I, my impression would be most people would put the rent up. So that doesn't negate the responsibility. It just shows how bad the situation is, the system is, the, the overall culture. Yeah. It's kind of like cut cutthroat, and like what? Like I know this is, it's like a kind of rhetorical question, but like, what am I getting for that extra four percent? I'm not getting anything because I'm living in the same place. If any, if anything, it's worse <laughs> because like it's going to be in slightly worse condition. I keep the place very well, but like it, it'll be a slightly worse than what it was when I moved in five years ago. But I'm paying more money for it. It just, just I don't, I don't know. I think it's bullshit. To be perfectly honest, I think it's it fucking is bullshit. Bull- <laughs> it is bullshit, and the things are might change in a positive way if remote working is more possible maybe we'll be outside of dublin i mean we obviously we're from dublin we want to stay in dublin but the opportunity maybe to work an hour outside dublin somewhere is maybe look at going to look more sensible for for like sustainable rents yes and that is one thing and and hopefully it'll bring down the price of purchasing and property as well which at this point in time is something i don't feel i'll ever be able to do but Maybe, maybe in, in five years' time, it'll be a bit better in that regard. But th- what that will mean is that there'll probably be some sort of recession. So I'm looking at it kind of cynically going, in five years' time, property prices will go down. But that just doesn't happen out of thin air. It happens because of the economy going down as well, which affects negatively loads of people. The scary thing is you would expect the house prices to have gone down now with the coronavirus, but they've actually gone up. And the stock prices, you would expect them to go down, but they've gone up they're at record highs so there's something like we're, we're not experts in this but there's something wrong in the system of money and stocks and the rich versus poor <laughs> i don't know what's going on but it's something wrong <laughs> anyway there you go there's my opinion piece about rental properties um that's just my opinion uh other people may have a different one yeah fair enough and if you're being cold and logical you could kind of take the perspective of them oh yeah they're they're just doing what everyone else is doing and they're entitled to put it up four percent but where is the humanity that's it that's I, I actually said that in my email i said where is the humanity and i think it's a quote from the simpsons maybe even <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there you go so ending very on, very good ending on a sour note there uh let's see what those fecamaniacs will think of that uh right into at feckin check-in or at feckin metal or at feckin football We'd like to hear your stories about anything we've discussed today. No, we wouldn't. No, we would. But <laughs> what I mean is, I'm not. What I meant to say is, we're not expecting you to do that. To be honest. Oh yeah. Well, you might though. I like. You we, might though. Yeah, we've got a few new followers recently, so do do engage if you would like to. I, I love engaging with people about feck and metal, so do, please do engage if you'd like to engage with us. Feck and metal at gmail.com, at feck and metal on Twitter. Um, we'll be on there. So if you'd like to discuss anything, give us a shout. And we are coming to the end of this episode. Thank you, Trainer. Very enjoyable. And will you lead us out on the song of the week, which we'll play out on? Yeah. 
And actually, I don't know the name of the song, would you believe? But I know the song, so I'm just going to look it up here. Um, so this is for uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, who's leaving or has left the Oval Office. I'll entertain the listener while you're um, looking it up. Okay. I'm going to say words that rhyme with Trump. Hump. Clump. Mumps. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, for some reason, my phone has been a weirdo here. No, thump. Uh, did I say lump? I think I said lump. Nump. No, nump. Numpty. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. Um, okay, so it's no. this song. It's na 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 na. Yeah. Na 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 na. Yeah. Hey, goodbye. And it's actually, it's called. It's called Nana Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye. <laughs> I would never I would never have got that. Who's the uh, artist? By Steam is the artist. Steam. Steam. Um, yes, like a video game. Thing. Oh. Yeah, Steam. Uh, released in 1969. I know this song from uh, it's been featured in wrestling, WWF slash WWE. Um, Vince McMahon used to sing it to people when he was firing them. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how I know it. So like you get the crowd to sing along. Na 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 na. So this is the song of the week. Excellent. And I'll see you next month, trainer. Yeah, so we're going to back and check in again, probably in about four weeks' time at the end of February. Um, And that's going to do it for January's edition of the Feck and Check-In. Yeah, take care, listener, and keep safe. Bye.